If there's one thing that you've heard over and over again on Build Your Tribe, it's this. Do what you do best, but then outsource or hire or consult or invest in other people who know what they do really well. But the same is true when it comes to growing your reach. If you need more eyeballs, if you need more people to know about that thing that you offer, that thing that you sell, that business that you are trying to grow, and you're trying to do that with social media, may I suggest the best deal on the internet? Yes. When it comes to Instagram, I want to invite you to check out Insta Club Hub. Myself and my son, my co-host, Barack Johnson, we're the founders of Insta Club Hub, and it is rocking people's worlds. We have clients who've seen over 3,000% growth in their Instagram reach in less than seven days. We have people with under 1,000 followers reaching 4 million on a reel. We've had people who've increased their visits to their website by over 300% in less than five days. It's pretty amazing the difference that can be made by just doing a few simple tweaks. It's a monthly membership. It's an amazing community. We teach live. You know, you hear us all the time on the show, but wouldn't you like to hang out with us live? We're pretty fun together, I got to tell you. So I want to invite you to go check it out yourself. Go to instaclubhub.com and learn how easy and affordable it is to work with your host, Brock and Shalene Johnson. All right, now let's get to today's topic. Hey, what's up? And welcome to today's episode of Build Your Tribe. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about all things Instagram, as I have the privilege of interviewing Laura, who is the founder of B Squared Social, which is a social media marketing agency that she launched in 2018. But what I find really fascinating about Laura's story, and the reason I wanted to share her with you today, is that I think you'll find her very relatable for that she didn't start growing her Instagram following significantly until August of 2020 when Instagram released Instagram Reels. Laura reluctantly hopped on the Reels bandwagon after one of her clients encouraged her to do so and has seen significant increases in growth with her account because of it. When she started using Instagram Reels consistently, she had less than 10,000 followers. And now at the time of recording this, She's closing in on 40K. She has also had multiple Instagram reels go viral and reach hundreds of thousands of people. And another really powerful part of her story that I wanted to make sure you got to hear was how she was able to build her client and customer base with less than 10,000 followers. Oftentimes, we think you have to be famous on Instagram to start making money. But the reality is, if you can produce highly valuable educational content with consistency, you can grow your business on Instagram. Super excited to do a deep dive in all things Instagram, Instagram Reels, carousels, engagement, stories, all that fun stuff. So without further ado, let's hop into the interview. Hey, Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with you today. Yeah, so excited to have you on. We found each other funny enough through Instagram Reels, and I just love your content on Instagram. But give me some of your background. Tell me, like, when did the growth start? When did you start to actually, like, you know actively grow this account? And what was that like? Yeah. So my story kind of started back in August when Reels were first released. I was primarily or basically only doing social media management at this point. So, you know, fully done for you services for my clients. And one of my clients started nagging me about Reels because she heard they were coming out. So she said, I want to know about Reels. I want to know how to work them. I need to know everything. And when I heard that Instagram was releasing Reels, I was like so annoyed because I thought this is another feature I have to figure out. 
I don't like video. If you look back on my feed, I have zero videos before reels. So I was not at all excited, but because of this client pushing me, I thought, you know what, I'm going to make like one just to show her that they're not that great. (laughs) And that'll be the end of it. So I made my first reel. I think I got 4,000 views. And at the time I had about 2,500 followers. So I was like, wow, that is like everyone in my audience plus some seeing my first reel. So I thought, you know what? I'm not loving static content at this point. My account was very slowly growing. I think it was three or 400 followers a month. So quite slow for me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go all in on reels because at that point they were easier for me to make and they were quicker. So I thought that's it. I'm just going to do reels. So from August to September, I posted 12 reels. So three a week. And my account grew probably five or 600 followers. So it was more than I'd ever had before. But more interestingly, at that point, I ended up booking out like all of my done for you services, my coaching calls, my consult calls, everything booked out. So even though I didn't have this tremendous follower growth, my business grew, which I think is really important because I know we're all chasing that viral videos. But then, you know, from September to October is when I started to see really big growth. It kind of compounded on everything I'd done before. So I think I went up like maybe 5,000 followers that month and then it was 6,000 the next month. It was pretty crazy. So yeah, really quickly, I grew from 2,500 to where my account is now, which is 35,000 this morning. So yeah, that was kind of, yeah, my lead up to reels and how it all kind of started for me. Very cool. Okay. So just yeah. to recap, August to September, you did about yeah. three a week and you were going yeah. by maybe like five or 600 followers during that time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Got it it was then, more than I'd ever seen before, but it wasn't like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you had now. about 2,500 followers at that time you said, right? Yeah. 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 So not, you know, a mega influencer with millions, but also, you know, yeah. you had more than, than a hundred or 200, but totally. okay. And then September to October, you said you were really all in on reels. Is that five a week? Is that one a day? Is that 19 a day? What was the, what was the <laughs> I'd have to go back and check the exact numbers, but I think it was about three or four a week again. Okay. Yeah. So still about three or four a week. And you were going by like 5,000, 6,000 followers a month. It was crazy. Yeah. There was one week where I went up 2,500 followers in a week. Wow. Wow. And yeah. then now you're at 35,000. Yeah. Wow. So really in a matter of since August until now, you went from 2,500 to 35,000. Yeah. And I, I, I love know. what you said. I love <laughs> that you brought up and you mentioned that during that time, even in the, in the early stages when you were yeah. going by, you know, five or 600 followers, you were already selling out all these different aspects of your business. That totally. Is awesome. And that's why I had to make my course because I would get all these one-on-one coaching calls for people wanting to figure out reels and how to get started. And I thought, why don't I just make a course where I can just send everyone and have it all in one place instead of me being on these calls individually and charging way more for my time one-on-one. So the course was a great segue for that. Love that. Love that. That's definitely a a key point there is like, you can't always exchange your time for money. And at some point you have to create a course from your one-on-one coaching. Love that. Yeah. Some of your reels have definitely gone viral. I think I'm sure I probably found you from one of the viral one. Off the top of your head, do you know any of like the top views on some of your most viral reels? My most viral one is 500,000 views and it was talking about working for free. So it was the one where I responded. It was like a mock-up of me responding to an email of someone asking me to work for free. Some of the other ones that did really popular that were kind of unexpected. There was one about how many times a week you should post. That one I thought was like so basic and it was kind of a throwaway. And that one did really well. I think it was 250 or 300,000 views. Yeah, I have a couple other that are like 400,000, 300,000-ish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think two things that I took away from what you just said is like your most viral reels. Number one, they were unexpected. 
which yeah. I've definitely found myself. It's always the ones that's like, I didn't expect that. Should to I even post like, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, almost like you said, like a throwaway and then it ends yeah. up getting 300,000 views or, and this is a really key point. I think that you just made simple. Something that you yeah. thought is maybe even too simple. Like this is the baseline elementary. Can you talk about how that feeds into your creation of content? How that mindset, is that something that you try to think about keeping my content really simple? Or is that just something you do every once in a while? Yeah, so I read this quote, I think it was James Wedmore, but basically it says, what does my audience need to hear today? And for so long, the mistake I was making was that I wanted to like prove myself on Instagram. So I would go really deep into talking about like engagement rate, conversion rate, click throughs, like things that I think are really cool. Mm -hmm. And maybe my done for you clients want to hear about, but my audience is still at the very beginning stage of Instagram. So they don't even know what content pillars are. So once I figured out who my audience really was, and I honed in on what they need to hear, instead of what I was creating from an ego perspective, trying to show off of how much I know, it really changed everything for me. And I did a reel about that as well, talking about like, what does your audience need to hear, not what you think you need to be talking about to seem smart or important or knowledgeable. So that's something I'm very like conscientious about. I will look at the questions I get from my audience and I have a document in Asana where I write down every single question I get from my audience, even if it is like, how do I change the background color in a story, which is another reel I've done that got a ton of views that I thought was too elementary and people love it. So I think, yeah, being really aware of what your audience needs and not what you think they need, that makes a big difference in my content. Absolutely. What are some of the top mistakes? I know you're doing a series of reels right now on top mistakes people make on reels. What are some of those top mistakes that you could share with us? Yeah. So one that I see is people will start the reel and then they'll get into position and then they'll start talking. So there's that dead space in the beginning where people aren't really hooked in. It kind of makes your reel seem unprofessional or just kind of, you know, not something people want to watch. So that's one mistake that's so, so easy to fix. Another thing I see is people try to deliver value, but they over deliver. One of my clients I was working with on this, she had a really great reel about gym hacks. And it was like 10 hacks in one reel. And I was like, Mm. okay, wait a second. Like the first hack, I was like, whoa, like that's so cool. I didn't need nine more. So I think keeping them short and sweet and, you know, one takeaway per reel, you don't have to like blow someone's mind with an entire strategy in one reel. It can be one quick tip that changes their perspective on something. So I think that's another big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. One takeaway per reel. How do you balance your reels? I've gotten this question quite a bit myself recently. How do you personally balance your reels? Is there any strategy behind when you're doing like a lip sync or a viral sound or maybe even like dancing choreography versus just your own original audio sharing some insight? Yeah, so the balance I'm doing right now, I'm doing four reels a week and I'm doing two that are like funny, humor, relatable lip sync. And then I do two that are just like talking head style of me giving a tip or information. So that's the balance I'm doing right now. I don't think I'll ever do like dancing or choreography. I don't have it in me, but that's the balance that works really well for me and for my audience. Cool. Cool. That's affirming for me because that's pretty much exactly what I'm doing right now. It's like a 50-50 split. I know you have like a reels checklist. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I made this checklist because I was hearing from people, oh, when do I do this? Where do I change the cover image? What do I need to know about hashtags? So this checklist is like really straightforward. Everything you need to follow through to have a reel hit all those boxes, you know, check all the boxes basically on what makes a reel really strong and what makes it perform well. So this checklist is created with that in mind for you to skim through before you post, or even just to have that on knowledge in the back of your head when you're creating content. We will definitely link that up in the show notes down below the episode. If you had to start over on Instagram, zero followers, brand new account, and you couldn't use any of your other accounts to, you know, shout it out or anything like that. 
what would you do? What would day one look like? It would be reels. It's funny. I just had this conversation with someone else who's just starting out and they said to me, what would you do? So absolutely. I would do reels. I'd probably do one reel a day, every single day until I kind of got to that threshold of where I was happy with my numbers. I would also get really, really specific on a niche. When I started out, I was doing branding, web design, marketing, like everything. And I think that was one of the reasons my account was kind of stagnant. My first year and a half, two years, like I said, I was at 2,500 followers. And it's because I was talking to everyone. And when you talk to everyone, you talk to no one. Mm. So I think, you know, A, being super specific on who you're talking to and B, reels and carousels. I'm not big into carousels, but I have a lot of friends who use them and they've had really explosive growth. So shareable content is really important at any level and at every content type. Absolutely. So if someone was rebranding, they're picking a new niche, I'm curious what your thoughts are on if there is a line, is there a line between when should they just pivot and keep going with their same account? And when should they start over? Like I'm sure if someone has, you know, three followers, it's Mm -hmm. perfectly fine to just keep rolling with that account. You need to, you don't need to start over from three back to zero, but if there a line, is there a point where you think, Hey, you know, this account, it might be dead or, you know, maybe you just have too many followers already. You should start a new one. You think there's a line there? I'm, I'm curious. It's funny. I'm working on a rebrand right now with a client and we had this exact dilemma because they were doing like a certain type of self-care product and now they're pivoting to a different type of self-care product. And basically the thought behind it is there is going to be some atrophy where people who are following you are going to fall off because they don't see that overlap. As long as there is some sort of common ground that you can find between the old account and the new direction, I think that's enough. You know, some accounts I've seen where someone will have a personal account and they'll kind of pivot it into like a blogger or, you know, influencer style. And the commonality between the previous audience and hopefully your future audience is that they're interested in you. So I think there is still some common ground there, but I have seen people where it's like a car account and then they want to go into baking and there's zero overlap there. So as long as you can find some sort of commonality or common thread where you're able to pull that audience through, I think that makes sense. But if it's a completely different industry, zero overlap, zero interest, I would say start from scratch. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I love that. And let's stay on the same subject for a minute. (laughs) If you were, you know, like, let's go with that client of yours, for example, rebranding from kind of one self-care product to another. Do you recommend like deleting all the old posts, archiving them? Do you just, hey, start rolling and running with the new direction? What, What are your thoughts there? We've decided to leave theirs up and kind of start going with the new direction, leaving the old stuff there for context almost. And it shows the story and the evolution. We actually have pulled that into their story. So we talk about how we were doing this product and then we saw the need for this product, hence our pivot. So it becomes part of the story by leaving that old content up and it's very intentional. I think if you are at the point where you want to archive all your old content and not have people see it, that might be a sign that you need a new account entirely because Mm -hmm. people can still pull value from that old content if there is that common thread that we talked about. Love that. How much should we be posting to our Instagram feed? (laughs) So I'm sure you've heard the unofficial official numbers from influencers who have spoken with Instagram. They are saying four to seven reels a week. I think that seven is a lot. Four to five feels doable to me. So I'd say five reels a week, you know, three static feed posts, one live a week is really great. And then for stories, I'm kind of doing between three to eight a day. That feels like a good mix for me. I really think that whatever is sustainable, it should be the number you focus on. I have seen people where they say, I'm going to post a reel every single day. And it's like, okay, well, you're going to do that for a week and then you're going to be burnt out. So you need to figure out a way to have a content strategy that is sustainable and that feels good for you. And that is still supportive 
of what is going on outside of Instagram. So if you are a parent or if you have a, a business, which is what most of us have, mm-hmm. you still need to be doing your admin staff, managing your team. You can't spend all your time on Instagram. So I think it's important to look at it, you know, in a big picture. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think there's a really important distinction there. And first of all, mm-hmm. recognizing seasons and that we're all different stages in our growth yeah. and in things outside of Instagram. And, you know, maybe ideally posting multiple reels every single day is going to get you the most maximum number of followers. But like you yeah. said, that's just not sustainable for everyone. It's totally. not sustainable for probably anyone. <laughs> you know, you'll yeah. get burnt out. And so I love that note to focus on sustainability because when you pick a number that you can stick with, like the growth will come because of the consistency rather than getting burnt out exactly. after a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely a long game on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said it's a long game on Instagram. Yeah. You know, Laura, I just rebranded. That was a great episode that you and Brock did. I'm picking my new <laughs> niche. I'm going to start doing a reel a day, maybe for the first week. And then after that, I'll do, you know, four or five a week. How long should I wait before I give up? Should it be two weeks? Should it be three years? You know, what's the time frame? That's such a good question. I mean, one thing I say to my clients is that you will have a leg up on everyone else who gives up because at the end of the day, it really is a numbers game. Like it's basically impossible to post consistently and get worse at it and to have your account get smaller. So it really is like a numbers game. It's a long haul. So I think if you show up consistently, you post whatever that looks like for you, maybe three times a week, four times a week, and you do that for years, there is going to be a payoff eventually. There's Mm -hmm. no way you can create that much content and have it get worse or have your account do worse. I think one of the reasons I say like your life should be like Instagram is like secondary to whatever you're on Instagram for, because Instagram needs to support that. You don't create an Instagram account and then expect that to trickle into your real life. It should be your real life first. And Instagram is like an extension of that. So I wouldn't focus too much on Instagram. I would focus on what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to, you know, help people transform their lives through your fitness programs, you need to focus on that. Instagram is like an offshoot of that. Your Instagram account will show that you're doing that and it maybe will help you find clients but that shouldn't be your first priority. So I like to think of like the business or the lifestyle first. And then, you know, Instagram just is a reflection of that. I couldn't agree more. So you said that, you know, in that first month, August to September, grew by five or 600 followers, but also you sold out pretty much every aspect of your business. How did that happen? Where did that take place? How did that actually come to fruition on Instagram? Yeah. So what happened is a lot of people who maybe had been in my orbit before and they'd like thought about working with me, they'd looked at my services, but they weren't quite ready to commit. For whatever reason, my reels would show up on their feed and they'd think, okay, like now is the time I need to work with this person. So a lot of them were people I had already spoken with, but there was also, you know, maybe 60% was people I'd already spoken with, but 40% were people I'd never heard of, never interacted with, never spoken to. And they were the ones that would either slide into my DMs or through the link in my bio, set up a coaching call an inquiry call, a discovery call. So most of that happened on Instagram and through people discovering me on Reels. Got it. Were you selling from your Instagram feed or were you doing a live video every day selling? Was it stories? Was it mostly direct message conversation? Where were those conversions taking place? Yeah, a ton of them were happening on stories. So I would post like, oh, if you want to book a one-on-one consult with me, DM me because I didn't have swipe up at this time. Mm-hmm. And people would DM me from the story. So that was the biggest one. My feed was still very value driven, like providing education, providing value because I didn't know what was going to happen with reels. I had zero expectations. So I went into that with like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to have fun with it. So I think that also changed how I approached it. But in terms of like how the selling actually happened, it was like from stories and from people DMing me and then actually converting or sending them over to my website to book. Got it. 
Well, Laura, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and sharing so much information. You are a wealth of knowledge, so thank you. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. I'm so glad we connected. If you want to get connected with Laura, it would really mean the world to her and I both. If you took a screenshot of today's episode, shared that on your Instagram stories and tagged both of us. Of course, my Instagram username is at Brock11Johnson and Laura is bsquared.social. That's the word squared spelled out, bsquared.social. We'll make sure to link up to her Instagram down in the show notes below this episode. And we'll give you a special link to download all of her freebies that she has provided. Those are her totally free resources that she has provided for our Build Your Tribe listeners and subscribers. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. And as always, happy networking.